begins now. Capital 263. Welcome to Politics and Beyond on Capital 263. My name is Christopher Farai Charamba. And I'm Tawanda Henry Beatty. And yeah, welcome to the best political podcast in the country. How's everyone doing this week? I say that like it's a live show. <laughs> How are you, Chris? Yeah, this week's been, it's been stressful, ka? People have been uh, coming after me because apparently I'm part of ZANPF paid Twitter. So I, I don't uh, even know. I don't even know what that means I, because uh, apparently I get paid to uh, distract the nation with my tweets. Oh, uh, my only question to you is, are you paid in bond notes or US dollars? Sure. If I, the f- <laughs> if I was getting paid, I would make sure that and I'll come visit you on a holiday. But unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately not. And maybe there is a paid Twitter that I need to find because I really need to supplement my income. It's like, can I recall if somebody's listening and they know of this paid Twitter space or someone's getting paid and they, you know, want me to, you know, help them out, I'm, I'm more than willing. I'll come out and do it. But what shocks me, though, is yeah. that these people, um, and I'm not going to mention their names because I don't want to give them relevance, um, they are very dictatorial. Like, they get upset about what I tweet on my own page. And the tweet had something to do with where do white people work. And I was generally curious because every Monday or so, every um, afternoon, you see them chilling at cafes and all sorts of things. And I was just like, Chris, where Chris, do these white people Chris, go to work? We didn't agree to make this a personal rant against uh, Twitter activists. Yeah, That's true. Um, that's true. That's true. Yeah, what are we talking about and this you waylaid week? me. And you waylaid me today about that, but I mean, obviously. Um, so I need to put that on record. But as as everyone knows, look, as people come towards elections, uh, the stakes are so high that things are getting personal now. And you know, I think you know, I hope that people can take something from our podcast, Kuti. You know, you you can disagree with someone, you can even, you, but you can still have a conversation because really, the the true enemy in this country is not you or me. It's not you know, the institute or a party or individuals that within that party, at least on a, on a base level, anyone on Twitter really, um, besides maybe the good professor for me personally, is not my enemy. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think having conversations is more important than really being concerning, you know, majoring and minors, concerning about what someone is tweeting. Um, and if you're really interested about, you know, keeping the country moving forward, dialogue is important. Um and yeah, on that note, I think this week we've got a few things. It's more a weekly roundup because, um, like I said um, last week, Shaukunak is Zimbabwe Maswano. I mean, we've got the Chief Justice appointment um, and what's going on there, and uh, then we sort of go into uh, obviously our favorite topic: uh, factions, factionalism, and fashion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble with that because we're talking about the women's league. Wow. But it just came wow. out. <laughs> but I must say, they actually, the women's league, it, 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 I enjoy them so much. They're always so yeah. passionate, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, I think and we're then, also going to go into um, what's happening in Mazoe with uh, um, Arnold Farm, I think it's called. Um, yeah, it's Arnold Farm, yeah. Arnold Farm, and then, yeah, then maybe finish off with uh, 
new taxes out for SMEs and yeah, that sort with, of thing. With with chinanomics, uh, chinanomics, <laughs> something that's being coined now in our in our households. <laughs> yeah, brand new. Term of poly of economics, economics. UBT is like to come up with these funny terms, <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, but um, to the good news, um, uh, Chief Justice Luke Malawa. Yeah, that's the new guy. Um, message came through yesterday. Well, I suppose today, um, that he will be appointed the Chief Justice. He's currently out of the country, so. Uh, when he returns is when he will be sworn in as the new chief justice. If you listen to our uh, one of our earlier episodes, um, we spoke about the candidates. We spoke about what was going on with the process. Um, and he was one of four. The other three were Justice Rita Makarau, Justice um, Garwe, and High Court Judge... Um, Chiweshe, didn't go to the interviews actually. Yeah, he didn't. Um, yeah, so uh, it's a, you know if you listen to that uh, previous podcast where we actually spoke about it, um, a lot of the conjecture around there. In fact, I think our actual conclusions, because they had, if you recall, um, and for those that didn't and haven't listened to it, um, they had had live televised interviews. You know, very open and transparent process and. Even for the layperson, like my landed friend Christian Rambo, <laughs> the um, uh, the outstanding candidate by far in terms of the interviews and just performance on paper was, uh, you know, the CJ now um, Justice Malaba. Uh, he was also the most senior um, and also had put in work uh, just in his position and his and his role. So. The appointment seems to be one based on merit, at least on face value. Yeah, I mean, from what I know, and uh, I think today I'll speak about my inside information a little bit, um, this was always going to be the call. Uh, when this whole issue around the amendment to the Constitution in terms of the appointing of the Chief Justice was going on, um, uh, I spoke to some sources and these sources told me that, look, uh, the president is going to appoint Chief Justice uh, Justice Malaba for the so reason that he is the most senior. He's been acting in the position and he, you know, has the experience. He's also going to spend about four or five years because I think he's 60 now. Um, yeah. And the retiring age is 65, I believe. So he's not going to be in that seat for, or he's 65 and the retiring age is 70. So he's not going to be there for, um, you know, eons and eons. Of, um, a very long time. I think I think Justice Garo was the youngest in that in that lineup. Yeah. Um, I remember us mentioning that. Um, so you know, so so that's that's basically it. You know, the president looked at the candidates. He looked at the experience. He looked at who was most senior and the most senior, and he was the deputy chief justice. So it makes sense, yeah. I suppose, for him to to come I, to I, seat. I know you you talk to your sources at the night time, but <laughs> you know I don't I don't I don't agree that it was such an obvious choice based on seniority. I, I said uh, for them. If you see for the, for this, them, but yeah, if you, this, if you this look at I was the told. appointment of the Reserve Bank Governor, um, unless bankers work differently, it didn't seem as if the the the, the appointment of of um, 
Mangulga was a result of seniority or a choice in the same way as you'd rather have kereke no uh, was it not um um uh, mrs luayo was the most senior she was deputy uh, and she actually acted in that position for almost half a year while they were waiting for a substantial appointment um, um, I'd, I'd i'd have to check yeah no i mean yeah when, when I mean, you do your googles yeah i um, mean so so it, you know the way we are conditioned in in the opposition kweduk said no is now we now we're going through uh, justice malaba's judgments and saying is this guy as good as we thought he was <laughs> the thing is <laughs> let me say this you on the on the opposition side you'll never be satisfied um but i think and i think most people most people in the legal fraternity that i've spoken to um magistrates and and lawyers today have said that he is the best candidate for the job and they seem quite pleased uh they'd rather have him than any of the other candidates there and now it's left to be seen what exactly will happen because there is still the issue of this amendment to the bill uh to the amendment yeah. to the constitution that's constitutional still yeah it's and and people constitutional amendment 1 and people uh have, you know they say people have been saying this is a a a loss for Lacoste and for vice president Mnangagwa because he as justice minister has been pushing uh for this amendment uh and you know now it seems that the president has gone and appointed the person who everyone thought would not actually make it so it really looks like a slap in the face there however the amendment can still go through and it could affect who gets appointed deputy chief justice now that that role is vacant yeah that's you know i i think that might be what would happen because one would then assume that if you know the 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 vice president who's also the justice minister and um is looking to the future he might assume that he's going to then have the next uh, appointing powers for the next uh, for the next chief justice and you'd assume that you'd want his deputy in that situation to be someone who's already picked but you know i look whether it's a win for a uh, loss for lacoste or or win for g40 I, I certainly don't think it's a win for anyone um i think this is just uh, how the puppeteer um the master of this stage play the master of this this farce um that is anopia politics runs the game he takes away and he gives away um you know like the proverbial you know king and this was just uh, you know slapping uh, lacos on the on the fingers a little bit to make sure that they don't get too powerful uh maybe pulling some wins in the sale of the, uh, you know these guys that have been attacking the herald and have had nothing good to 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 drink um whiskey out of their mugs from in a while um to mix met- <laughs> to mix metaphors <laughs> to mix metaphors it it it's um, it's going to be interesting to now see um what comes before Justice Malaba's desk, um, is that what you call it? A desk or bench? I don't know. Bench, yes, uh, yeah. a bench. What, what, bench. what comes in? What, yeah. Who comes in front of his? Who comes views, in front yeah. of his bench? Uh, we're definitely heading to an election year, and election years are always quite notorious for 
issues coming before the constitutional court and uh, the Supreme Court or whatever courts we have that, you know, of a very sensitive nature. And I can definitely see something to do with elections coming to the... And very, 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 very soon. The, either the constitutional court or from the high court very soon. And I think... You're right, you're right. I think we might see a voters' roll one coming very soon. Um, I, I'm sure in, on the eve of elections, we might see another uh, set the date. We might see constitutional challenges to validity of results. There's going to be a lot of, of, of cases that are going to come before him. So how he performs in that is really going to guarantee what his legacy Um in this role, I think his legacy outside is set, unlike other uh, candidates on that list. But you see, the thing is, it's 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 in this role that then that people will remember you uh, by. I think uh, when you are now calling the shots, literally, it's it's how you react, especially the fact that twenty eighteen is going to be a very sensitive time how he reacts to that pressure, how he reacts to the situation uh, will definitely determine, I think, his legacy. But for now, I think he's a really good appointment and it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out, how the factionalism plays out uh, within ZANU-PF, all sorts of issues that 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 surround the, such roles, the politics of such roles, because they are not without politics. And... Now he is the chief justice, but he is also a political player. Uh, he is the head of one of the three arms of government. So it's it's definitely going to be quite interesting. And um, we'll definitely be talking about it as things come up and see how it goes. Yeah, I, I, I feel like you just said he's the head of one of the three branches of, of government. I, I just wanted to say to the idiots that... Uh, you know, I don't know, I saw some nonsense about, you know, tribes and him being the first of a certain tribe being the head of a certain of the arm of government. And look, I mean, it's relevant, I suppose, uh, for us to discuss it to certain people. But I think the more we discuss it, the the more we we we, we give it power. And for me personally, I, that's not the first thing I thought about when I heard Justice Malaba was... was was appointed. In fact, it's until someone pointed out to me who is the first um, developer to be appointed head of a branch of government and not to be a deputy. I, I had never thought of it, and I, I hope that at least our generation or a lot of people will feel the same way because I, I really can't stand um, that nonsense. Um, I, I don't know if it's just me, but and I hope you know some of our listeners feel the same way. Is that I don't feel that it's anything to do with the post at all but maybe you know as um, um lisa said when he was here it's it's a lot realer and a lot more more solid and uh yeah, politically prudent or, or politically um necessary than actually we give it credit for yeah i think i don't think that him being appointed or not appointed had any uh tribal connotations to it i think it was just simply that he was the best candidate for the job in the interviews he performed the best he was the most senior he's acted in the role and um you know he was deserving uh i i i don't get a sense that there was 
any tribal aspects to prevent it, though people have, you know, proffered these things, and I think it's just people trying to uh, spur that up. But I really just think that, you know, this is the guy who's been appointed, and now it is like the same way that he was appointed on the merit of, you know, on, on merit, his performance will be judged on merit um, rather than anything else. I just, I just had a, a really nefarious and terrible thought, um, and we're getting into um, the issues with the women leagues now. Um, but before, as a speculative thought, uh, um, what if they use this appointment as an excuse to remove uh, um, the the unity accords position for someone from Zapu in the presidium? I don't think that can. Well, I don't know. But I I don't crazier things have been happened have happened. <laughs> that's true, but I don't see why you know. But like you said, it's crazier things have happened. But I really don't see that happening. But you know, it could be because they, as you said, there's factional politics within the women's league that have that have creeped in. And one of the things um, is this appointment of the vice president. So for those who are not up to speed. Um, Members of the Women's League from last week were demonstrating against Eunice Sandimoyo and um, Sarah Mahoka. Um, and yeah. and, and um, Eunice Sandimoyo, I believe, is the provincial minister for, for, for Blayo. Um, is Sarah Mahoka the one that was so, so, so rotund that she couldn't walk for a while? Um, I think so. I'm not sure. I'll have to check. That she I, was going to rallies in wheelchairs because, you know, she has a pension for for donors and I I don't I, I, I don't know. I'll have to check. But I do know that Sarah Mahoka was the one who called out VP Mnangagwa at a rally at ZANPF headquarters for factionalism, and uh, she called out the president's spokesperson George Charamba. Uh, after he had made comments to Professor Moyo, and she asked whether uh, it were whether Comrade Charamba spoke on behalf of the president or not, and she said if um, if Vice President Mnangagwa was leading a faction, then you know he should come out and say so, and all sorts of stuff. So now there's been oh, demonstrations. So she's no friend of yours, then. I she's a she's a very good friend. Um, we we meet very often. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> no, but she. So the women's league demonstrated against them last week, and it's crept into the weekend. Uh, yesterday, which was Tuesday, the twenty eighth, the women's league held a meeting at ZANPF headquarters. Uh, their secretary was there. Um, their chairperson, sorry. Um, the first lady, uh, Grace Mugabe, she was there. They had this meeting and sources from the meeting tell us that it has now been resolved that Eunice Sandimoyo and Sarah Mahoka will be kicked out of the Women's League, but it will first go through the proper disciplinary channels and processes. Um, so wh why, what's, on what basis or do we have to wait until they actually perfect charges against them? Like, Why are they being kicked out? So it seems that this is... I, I want the official reason and then 
the real reason. <laughs> so the official reason have, hasn't been given yet. Yesterday at the press conference after their meeting, they said that they are still going through the disciplinary posi- um, disciplinary um, m- measures Pro- according procedures. to their con- procedures according to their constitution. And once they've gone through that, they shall um, offer us more information on what exactly it is they're being charged with and, and that sort of thing. So there isn't an official reason yet as to what is actually going on and why they are being disciplined. Uh, the unofficial reason that I've um, been privy to is that on the in terms uh, on the case of uh, Sarah Mahoka, uh, apparently she has challenged the first lady in meetings of the SANPF um women's league and this has not gone down well in their situations and so she is seen as insubordinate and so the crime of being insubordinate will lead you to be kicked out this is unofficial it's just rumors that i have heard um so so is she a, is she a, a monarch or, or, or a prefect to wear insubordination in closed door meetings is a crime you see, uh, I, I I really don't know. Um, I suppose this is what Sarah Mahoka, you know, um, asked and where her insubordination was, was, you know, but these are meetings for us to discuss and whatever, you know, comes out of the discussions, comes out of the discussions. Um, whichever position we then take, we then take or whatever it is. So this is my understanding. I'm not sure how, tr- you know, how truthful these rumors are. Um it's 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 rumors that people have been have been talking about with Eunice Sandimoyo. Yeah, no, carry on. Yeah, I was uh, I, no, I was saying go on, go on. I was about to say that I, you know I I trust you. Your sources. <laughs> <laughs> with 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 Eunice Sandimoyo, um, it seems to be a factional issue. So the women's league has been pushing for um, a female vice president candidate. And currently we have Vice President Mpoko and Vice President Mnangagwa as our two vice presidents. So it's, it's, it's one of those situations where um, they now have been pushing for this candidate. And it seems Eunice Sandimoyo has come up, I think, as one of the candidates, whether she was mobilizing to put herself as a candidate for vice president um and creating parallel structures these are some of the rumors that you know have been coming up and what that does is that it means that zanpf will now have a female vice president candidate if or vice president if she were to be you know selected and also they would have a ndebele uh, vice president candidate so vice president poko would then in one in, in one person in one person yes in one person so Vice President Poko would then be out and you'd remain with uh, Vice President Munangagwa and Eunice Sandimoyo as 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 the two individuals. Uh, ah, but surely Amai wants to be president. <laughs> so so, so the, you know this is this is again the rumors that um First Lady wants to be president and so as the Women's League are pushing for a vice president candidate she, her name will be put forward. And so if now Eunice Sandimoyo is creating parallel structures and she wants to be the candidate, it, you know, 
it stops uh, the first lady's plans to get there and um it 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 works against the, the G40 faction or whatever it may be so um minister kasukwere last week said that this was uh, with what's going on in the women's league is a women's league issue they are cleaning in house they are sorting out their issues and he said as pc he's not getting involved however it seems that somebody um is playing the politics and has now roped in the likes of uh, kasukwere into this whole debacle and said that no they're stopping the women's league they tried to stop the women's league from their processes and things like that and it's believed you know lacoste is spinning on its side playing the politics and whatever whatever comes out of this can be seen as a loss for G40 because if Anasera Mahoka who have been used to call out the vice president before are then kicked out of the women's league that tool is no longer there um and you know it's just a whole quite a kerfuffle right now we'll definitely see how it progresses and what happens um but you know factional politics is is rife right now in zanpf and if somebody could take advantage of it um you could you could you could do quite some damage i suppose yeah you know is the thing is i'm i'm so confused because on one hand you know it seems as if uh, you know grace was very much the the mother figure of 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 g40 um you know if if it seems as grace was the one heading up g40 as it were at the same time right now it seems as if she you know her mechanizations might even work you know to the advantage of 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 lacoste but anyway maybe i'm just confused but you gave us a you know how it almost as if there's g40 there's lacoste and then there's you know for lack of a better metaphor um the queen on a chessboard who just goes where she wants um <laughs> and with the same amount of power and you know i guess eh, those really point this story is obviously developing and i'm sure um by the end of the year or by june july august there when things really start heating up um with you know 12 less than 12 months to go until the next election that's where some of these things will come into fruition um and we'll actually see um but you know maybe if she's privy to something in her household that we might not know she might want to move the timeline up so that she can be acting president when someone makes his uh, you know scheduled uh weekly visits to you know the 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 clinic in singapore someone you know someone um, someone told me uh yesterday i think it was that we're like we might just have a a, a congress Uh, an elective congress a special elective congress at the end of the year instead of a zanpf conference i don't know how true this is it's just someone speculating their own their own you know um thoughts based on what's already started to happen at the start of this year so i think within zanpf we are likely to see some changes uh before we get to the end of the year and as you said it's a developing story uh depending on what happens depending on how they do their business it could be very critical to what happens in the election next year so we'll definitely still be 
watching and yeah. talking and you know um the uh, first, the uh, first in my the, opinion in, in my opinion any significant change to the presidium of Zanapia at this point um would actually be disastrous for them coming in the next election i think they they i mean of course mpoko is you know you, you know mpoko reminds me of and i don't know why i'm saying this but uh, for any of those guys that have watched Star Wars, I don't know if you know Jabba the Hutt. Wow, <laughs> I'm I'm not even I'm not even going to take you. I'm not even going to allow you to take it any further. That is the vice president of this country, and um, he deserves an iota of respect. However, I mean Jabba the Hutt was was quite well respected. I mean he yeah he owned businesses and supermarkets. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> Um, talking uh, about um, about unpleasant characters, um, yeah. unpleasant characters. Now that you are wait, now that you are some six thousand kilometers away or whatever it is, you just feel like saying whatever it is you want, huh? I look no. This is what I was always going to say because uh, you know what's happening at Arnold Farm, Arnold Farm in Mazoe, um is first of all it's extra illegal. It's illegal. Um, you know, you know, Justice um, Felicitas Chatukuka, um, Chatukuta last week, um, you know, granted an interdict against, you know, uh, the police and Grace herself from evicting these people. This was last week on Friday. Um, nevertheless, you know, uh, Dr. May decided that it's, it's still in her best interest to continue using state resources, ZRP and people to continue evicting people. I think you on, need to... On, the, on this farm. You need to start at the beginning for those who might not uh, be aware that um, it... Oh, yeah. The first lady um, allegedly, because I think it's before the courts, will say allegedly, is evicting people in um, on Arnold Farm in Mazoe because she wants to expand her farm or her businesses in in the area so there's a lot of villagers and people who live and work on that farm who have been evicted uh and as yeah, as you said um judge or justice chatukuta um passed uh, gave an interdict to stop it from happening but there are still people being you know evicted from from that farm and i don't think that's the way i don't think that is right. I think it's completely um, outrageous and quite scandalous, actually, to remove people from their homes. Essentially, it's it's not just where they work, from their livelihoods and homes, to just because you want to expand, you know, your own you know, empire. It's quite. It's it's it. It reminds me of. Um, uh, Feud, it's feudalistic, actually. That's the word I was looking for. You know, it's it's, it's it's it is. But you know, from just from a historical and a history perspective, you know, even the feudal lords had enough sense to relocate people as opposed to eviction without relocation. And I mean, it's unpleasant and it's ridiculous. But with the amount of holdings that they have in Missouri, I'm sure if they really wanted that particular patch of land. If it was really that important for, for you know, for this this woman to take that particular patch of land, she could have made you know inroads or made ideas to move them to resettle them, and move them gradually. 
um, because this Arnold Farm thing is from 2014, actually. I was just looking it up. It's not a new story. She hasn't started just uh, allegedly, as as you'd like to say, to, to cover your and your employers. But, <laughs> but um, there, it's not a new story. She could have resettled people. She could, there's so many other options, but it seems to betray, you know, the level of, of, of predatory, uh, um, you know... <sighs> you know, neo-patrimonialism that we, we sort of live in. Um, someone needs to go out there. Yeah. I, I don't know. I haven't I haven't quite read up on it. Uh, I think someone, but someone I think should go out there and actually cover, you know, extensively. The only, the only people only people who could get access is you guys. Um, and by you, I mean your, your daytime employee because I'm sure it's locked down by now. Yeah, but I'm sure there's people. So the people who've been evicted, where have they gone? And what is so what is what is so special about Arnold Farm? Like, what's there? It must not just be farmland. Like, there must be. Yeah, no, maybe. You see, because because I don't I don't if this has been ongoing since 2014, and you know she's very adamant about it. Like, what's there? What's made it so special? This is the you know the sort of information that I'd be interested in finding out is why. Why they specifically? Why is it going to these processes? Why is it, you know, why is it just to just have more land? Is there gold there? Are there diamonds there? Like, what's there? Is it just tobacco that you'll be growing or oranges? I don't know what else, you know, like. Yeah. So that's what I'd sort of be interested in finding out is, you know, the why. Oh, yeah. It's, anyway, um, sorry, I suppose. It is, we'll, we'll, like another, it's another developing story. It's in the news right now. Um, I know, you know, Fortune Chassis, Honorable Fortune Chassis, who's a Zanu PFMP in the areas, actually had a number of run-ins with Grace and uh, her, her, her taking land um, to the point that he, she has publicly reprimanded him. I think he was cowed by that. He used to be quite outspoken on in terms of that. Um, but, you know, if he's listening, if anyone knows him... Uh, He's a dancehall artist as well, if you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Maybe, maybe um, actually, yeah. Maybe we'll reach out to him and see if the, if he'll be yeah, willing to, to come into the I studio. Mean, he probably wouldn't. He probably be. Yeah, you'd probably give us a party line, but um, it's it's a perfect example of where you know the the ruling party could redeem himself if he actually stood up for his constituents over this um, um, this woman. Uh, it might be. It might be something that you could then point at and say this party is is redeemable but at the moment i mean no. but it would have um, to go it would have to go through the party for him to do that because she is a the chairperson of the women's league and she is a politburo member so no 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 you 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 represent your constituents in parliament oh in parliament you can stand up i see you, what you mean you can stand up you can, for, fortune chest could stand up and 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 ask minister douglas momboshora uh, you know, who's Minister of Lands and Res- uh, Rural Lands and Resettlement, who asked Minister Minochi uh, Wuri um, about why the police uh, 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 I mean Police Commissioner Chihuri, not Minister Chihuri. For, yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, Chombo, sorry. Chombo, Chombo at Home Affairs, who's uh, Chihuri's boss, um, asked why these people are being evicted at Arnold Farm. And of course, it will do nothing. Um, because the ministers probably won't even be there, knowing the absenteeism, but it's something. It's enough to show that you're actually representing the, what's the interests of your constituents, um, and that doesn't need party um, party approval That's because true. you're That's an MP. True. And 
and you're there to um talking about absentee ministers um you know our, our finance minister has been absent from the job <laughs> what do you mean he's been absent <laughs> what are you talking uh, look, about i mean they've they've, they've just joined I, twitter the, the finance ministry the is bo- now on twitter um you know they're oh, they're reaching out to the general public i i i i i um for your sake because i was going to say the body's there you see, now you're saying for my sake, and then you're going to say, I, I was going to say, and then you go to g- go and end up saying it. Well, don't call me out. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, look, look, um, what's happened is uh, they've decided in the Gazette, um, I'm, I didn't actually get the, 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 the date of the Gazette, um, but at the beginning of this week, um, it's been reported that they've decided to impose taxes um, on the semi-formal, I suppose, small medium enterprises, um, uh, you know, ten dollars a tax, uh, ten dollars a chair at hair salons, um, you know, ten dollars per centum um, for cross-border traders. So, from what they make, I suppose, um, between forty-five and seventy dollars for combis, depending on how many seats they've got in their in their combis and transport operators. Um, basically, people with um, a T thirty five and and above um, between two hundred and five hundred dollars a month for transporters, and you know I'm not an economic expert uh, by any far. In fact, you know the last time I did economics was in in form six when I was here um, for high school. But if your economy is in a recession and you have a situation where people are not spending money. And uh, people, a situation where your tax income is low because of lack of economic activity. Um, your solution is not to try and increase your tax base by taxing people more. Um, your solution is to try and find ways to stimulate the economy or, or in a situation like this to, to fix the fundamentals. So, and then I, 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 you know, all, all it's going to do is it's going to make your haircut more expensive because now your barber has $10 um, extra that he's going to have to pay your ladies, your weaves, um, your dreads, your braids, um, or even guys, you know, I know some of my friends like that kind of thing. It's going to make everything more expensive, which means there'll be less money to spend, less money to pay taxes with. So I don't understand, you know, how how this is justifiable um, in a situation. And it's, 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 it's obviously the fault that he's looking for revenue from any way he can so he can pay these bonuses and and do that but you know it's such an ill-advised policy at least in my humble opinion with only a form six in economics i may know if anyone else a true economist could tell us what the logic behind it is yeah i i also stopped at economics at form six maybe you should go back to school because it looks very handy right now for us to understand what exactly is happening in this economy but as you said it's it's uh, i think to understand what's happening in this economy would have to go to sangoma school but it's we we have a rent-seeking government that's that's the bottom line is that they are rent-seeking and they will rent-seek from wherever they believe you know there is money we have a large informal sector and now they are going to um, tax you know people in the informal sector as you said it's going to only make things worse because 
price of a haircut's going to go up, price of this is going to go up, and you know, it's 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 the things at the bottom which really shouldn't be 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 but moving. Price of transport is going to go up, and once the price of transport goes up, this public transport is going to you see every, it's going to affect. It's just going to have a ripple effect, and it's in an economy where people don't have money. They just don't have money. People aren't earning money. Country isn't earning money. So you're just you know taking money just from from wherever you want to take it you're just taking money and it it's 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 not going to go very far and it's going to make i think the situation worse for for a lot of people um they really need to look at this policy and i hope it's one of the policies that actually gets overturned like the vat on meat and and was it margarine but, you know, or whatever people, it is? Yeah, it's, it's, I, I hope, I hope, but I think it's it's a reaction because they couldn't tax meat and margarine, so they decided, come, let's go and tax people. And you know, Chris, like think about the actual practical of how it's going to work. You're going to have Zimra officials going from a growth point, going to Pamashop Spedu. You know, I think about Pamashop Spedu where I give my haircut, but no brain because because my mom's house but my shopper my brain there's at least five salons um you're going to have zimra officials coming in week month by month to collect taxes on on these young ladies and and young gentlemen who cut head who who do that because obviously the salon owner is not going to want to pay those taxes you're going to have much many more zimra roadblocks so that they can catch more combis to see if they've paid their taxes because i'm obviously they're going to give them receipts for the month you're going to like it's going to just it it'll turn into a more oppressive environment because of just how are you going to collect taxes on on a chair in a salon without having someone physically going in there to see how many chairs are in that salon because obviously cash like you know what i mean no i hear you i think it's i think it's quite you know it's quite ridiculous and more to the ridiculousness um there was the one that came out today is that um there are new traffic fines as well that are now in force so level one offense Ooh. which was five dollars is now 10 level two which is 10 which was ten dollars now 15 and level three which was 20 dollars has been raised to 30 dollars per offense so yeah we're just in situations where um people are just going to be paying more or the government is just really rent seeking and trying to get every last dollar out of people um you know level one offenses are this, such as not fastening your seat belt or a cyclist not using you know um the cycle track um level two is displaying registration numbers or failing to license a vehicle that sort of thing um, pretty much so, the, anything they've been stopping. Well, I know you want to dollars for fine. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what they. I don't know. I that because I you know I I don't have money for fines. Um, and I don't know. And because no, because I mean, if if I hope it doesn't happen, but if 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 what was a five rand or fifty cents. Um, route is now a dollar. You might find it's better with a ten dollars. Yeah, come get three to three car go drive. But the thing is, why is that ten dollars? Mu three to three Marco, you're going to probably going to have to pay. You know, ten dollars for for not having a honeycombed reflector, even though you have a reflector, 
or ten dollars for oh, no. for driving with slippers and not with closed shoes or you know something ridiculous. You know, and then yeah, so it's it's, it's you said it's it's rim seeking and um, maybe that's obviously the correct term for it, but uh, for me, uh, it's barbarism, it's barbaric, and it seems like. You know, smash and grab like the the kicks of a dang was. Oh, Ramona, you know, Ungo, put it you know, Papa Bray had a bray there. If you've ever, if you guys have ever seen a bray, and people are hungry, and you know, the plate is going around, but it's now about to finish, and there's always that coolie who what decides to take a handful because I got niyameno pera, um, and that's basically what I see. You know, chinamon, chinomics, chinomics, chinanomics, um. Uh, not to be confused with Sino economics, which is very good for an economy, as as we've seen in China. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, it's it's something's got to give. At some point, something's just got to give. I don't know what, but we really need a break in our economy, and we need actually what needs to happen is a change of policies. And these are not these are not the changes in terms of policy that we're expecting or that need to happen. Uh, we need changes, as we always talk about, ease of doing business, um, you know, even simply for the Zimbabwean businessmen. There's so many hindrances. Before we even talk about foreign investment, just local local investors themselves. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully, so, hopefully somebody sees this and they're forced into making a decision that makes it better for all of us. But we'll see how things go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think uh, that's uh, a grim and sad note to to end um, the, the the weekly wrap up or, or just this quick brief, um, you know, look at what's going on, uh, you know. But from where I stand, I think there's also a lot of good that's coming out of out of Zim. A lot of positive stories that I always see, um, and you know, being where I am right now, I'm not saying because you send C tens after me. <laughs> No, I'm joking. Um, I'm far away, so you end up spending a lot of time on on social media and actually immersing yourself in online um, Zim culture and having conversations with people that you'd never usually have conversations with. And there's a lot of a lot of positivity, um, a lot of positivity. Even though some people drink tea and swear, but there's a lot of positivity coming out. So, as even if we have to go into, eh, never mind. Um, <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's very early morning where you are, Asaka. We will just have yeah, to. Yeah, it's uh, 4:45 in the morning, guys. Yeah, I think you might just have to, you know, um, catch a couple of hours of sleep. Usatwa watanga kutaura because as you said, you are there, but I am still here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so um, anyway, with we're gonna be having, you know. A few people coming on. I hope everyone, everyone who's listens or who wants to be on the WhatsApp group, it's not a crazy WhatsApp group. Um, we generally post the shows up and post WhatsApp links, um, downloadable links um, to the show on the WhatsApp group. So everyone should join. I think the link is on our Twitter and on our Facebook. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening to Politics and Beyond. Yep, uh, on Capital 263. My name is Christopher Farai Charamba. You can catch me at Chris Charamba on all social media. And I'm Tawanda Henry BT. You can catch me, Henry BT, on uh, all social media now. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. Cheers. And now, and now. Capital 263.